I recognize that we are, um, we're really, as a saints network, um, seeing a lot of development of the mission that God has given us. And um, if one thing has been being accomplished uh, during this time where we've been restricted from traveling as we were, it is the, uh, the creative measure of uh, reaching out to places around the world and uh, throughout our own country in teaching and that, as Monica testified earlier, is, is happening regularly now in different continents and is going to expand even to a great, greater degree. Um, I, I'm blessed as well to hear testimonies weekly from Luke and Sylvie Binichon as they reach into uh, Benin and teach, teach the, the saints there. Uh, I, I know that this is only going to um, evolve under the direction of the Spirit. And there are a number of other things that I know that <clears throat> we are preparing to do and things that God is speaking to us about doing even weekly that I would think that within the next few months, and especially when the new equipment gets here, uh, probably two or three times a week, we'll have various aspects of outreach into the nations where there are coordinated teachings and panels and um, lots of different venues of spreading the word, spreading the teachings that God has given to the saints and to intercessors. And that that's an exciting thing. But it this past week, the Lord started to show some things about how he reveals uh, how he reveals his ways to us that were really revolutionary for 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 me and I shared uh, kind of an overview of it this past Wednesday night on Wednesday night live but throughout the day since then God has led me back through the pathway that he's brought us upon. And I, I recall um, how that God stirred us and asked us for something more and something beyond, asked us to believe him for something more and beyond what we had known in him. And then he really did give it in, in a way that I don't think, in, I, I know I can't, I was not expecting what was coming. Uh, I was not expecting that calling to be the birth of basically an international movement. Uh, I, I was not expecting for us to begin to receive the depths of the word that God has given us and continues to give us. Um, I was not I was not expecting there to be um, the the privilege of teaching pneumaticos doctrines from the Scripture to scores of nations and leaders in nations, uh, but but that's what God was was doing. Uh, but He didn't really begin by telling us that. He began by giving us a an un, unparalleled gift of diversities of tongues. And that was a divine gift. You know, you know that we, we as a congregation prayed and we fasted and the staff um, went to the revival in Brownsville, but they weren't teaching on any of that. They were not talking. They, they, diversities of tongues was not on their agenda at all. Uh, there wasn't any call for any of the things I just mentioned. It was more about repentance and getting rid of HBO and, you know, buying a, uh, dictionaries from 
1812 to learn to see how scripture words and definitions have changed and they continue to change don't they i learned whole new meanings about what infrastructure means just in the past week and a half um but you know <clears> that god gave us this diversities of tongues it was he that gave us and we didn't even realize that he'd given it to us it was so overwhelming and so it was so beyond the capacity of our understanding of what he gave, that it was many days later that I actually realized that it was happening. And we told that story about, um, and I don't re I, at this point, I don't really understand how this could be, but I'm talking about what happened in me. I don't understand how that I didn't even realize that I was speaking in all these different languages until old brother Dan Reed came up and said, Pastor, your tongue has changed. And I said, what are you saying to me? And, and he went on. And I, so I went to my office and I prayed in the spirit. And sure enough, I recognized this. But this, this was a couple of weeks after, uh, I think. Uh, and, and so the magnitude of what God had done was totally off the radar of of my mind or our thinking it but that was the initial gift that god ignited and and of course then you had manifestations where people were just praying all the time and one of the signature one was the belly crunch you know which we should have got on hsn right then we could have sold away to get closer to god and tighten your abs you know because that that we could have done that we could have sent prayer cloths out, sold, sold them. Um, but, you know, that was certainly nothing that we'd asked for. And there it was. And so I guess why I'm saying all this is that over the years now, God has been showing us what those things meant scripturally in retrospect. And uh, this past week, the Lord dropped another nugget of this into my spirit and we're going to continue to be developing that through the scripture uh, as the, as the weeks go by as he directs but basically and this is a reiteration and I'm going somewhere with this because I believe God is going to be God is leading us <clears throat> into uh, as we come out of this, COVID restriction time, God is going to be leading us into a, an enhanced development of fivefold prayer and an enhanced emphasis on diversities of tongues and our interpretation strata. I mean, what we've known has been great. We've been tried to be faithful in it, but God is taking us further. And for anybody who says, I want more, there's always more. Well, this is the more. And so we're, we're being led into that. But I, but I do think that what God is revealing over this past week is commensurate with that understanding. And we're going to look at this. So over the years, God has said from his word to us that there's something inside every person on earth, uh, a, a deposit of the Spirit of God that is is available for development and that deposit of the spirit of god really entails giftings god has given it's part of him it's how he wants to um, manifest himself in you and through you and and it really is a touch point that makes you different than anybody else only an infinite god could do that to where his spirit could be in every person but he moves differently in all of us. Now that dimension of the Spirit comes active and alive when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and we become born again in spirit and in truth. And, and so, uh, and every, how do I know every person has this? Because when, when everybody dies, they give up the ghost. Even Jesus did. It's, it's throughout the Scripture. Whatever that deposit of the Spirit is that brings life goes when a person dies. When it's appointed unto them to die, 
that goes back to God, just as it did with Jesus and just as it did throughout the scriptures. So, but, but that we're born again in spirit and in truth. We're born again in that spiritual capacity, which in this first scripture, 1 Peter 3, it's the hidden man of the heart, that crypto, that hidden cache of things that God has put in each of us that is brought to life. And what's the objective of it? In truth. For us to follow the spirit of truth as he guides us into those things that are progressively being revealed, those things that were hidden, those things that were not seen, those things that were not understood. Aletheia. God suddenly says, okay, here's a new thing. Here's a thing I'm showing you. Here's the scripture that verifies and instructs on this. But it is a continual point of growing. And so that hidden man, that crypto of the heart, is something that we've studied about. It's what the prophetic teams, according to what the, Paul's writings with the Corinthians, that's what we're supposed to be identifying when an unlearned one comes in. And we go after that crucial identity. And the sad part is, is that, and I don't cast dispersions toward anything in my upbringing, I can just testify for myself that uh, the only thing I thought about being born again was that I was cleansed from my sins, I was made a child of God, and I had a home in heaven. I never thought at all about developing that spiritual, that God developing that spiritual quotient within me. I never thought of that at all. And, but that unique identity of the Spirit is, is something that not only do we, through the gift of Christ, uh, do we come alive there, but then we're to grow in that. We're to have that developed. And so here Peter is writing, and he's, he's, he's speaking of this in kind of an odd way um, because he's talking about husbands and wives. And, um, and later on you have the scripture about the wife being the weaker vessel, which is really not a slam because that's asthenia, and if you study that word through Scripture, we know that's the infirmity, something that needs to come alive. The Scripture speaks about the flesh, all flesh is that way, you know, and, and it, the, the Scripture speaks about that being the case for all of us, and it really speaks about the dynamic of what should be going on in the home, how this, the, the, the woman should be really a strong intercessors, uh, one that is demonstrating the, the, the crypto, that, that developmental stage of moving on in God. And um, I, this is not a, a discussion about marriage here, but this, this really speaks, he clarifies it, there's a hidden person in the heart. It's the crypto. And that's what God's been developing in us. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, Verses 13 through 22, it says, Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. See, when I was a kid, I thought the Holy Ghost came down from heaven and just stirred me up, and I prayed. But here it clearly says, and you can look it up for yourself, my spirit, what God has put in you, that place of unique identity eternally, that thing that is yours and yours alone before God, it's him within you. That measure where you're praying not to man but to God, where you're speaking mysteries, where you're talking about the oikodome, that building up of what you're supposed to be, and all the other things we talk about when we speak in tongues, that is really speaking about how God moves through that deep place in you, and you're praying that way. I think that's amazing. Um, and the understanding, the noose, the quotient of what you register in your brain is unfruitful. So I will pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding, noose also. I'll sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with the news also. What you have learned, what you have cognitively derived from your walk in God. And then it says this, Else when thou shalt 
bless eulogio with the spirit. That's interesting. It just says that your spirit is praying, and the way you bless out of your spirit is eulogio. You're speaking about the eternal purpose of God, the logos of God, his, his eternal foundational purpose, and it is coming forth. And, but, but it says in response to that, the person who comes and doesn't know what's going on uh, at your giving of thanks, you're partnering with the good grace of God, they don't see it. You give thanks well, you're, you're moving in grace, but there's no building up in the other person. So I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than through 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brothers, do not be children in friend. Howbeit in malice, be children, but in friend, be men. And then it talks about unknown tongues. And it talks about tongues being a sign to those that, that don't believe and that prophecy serves belief. Where am I going with this? You're, you're probably wondering. Well, number one, I'm going back through what God has led us. If we're going to teach about diversities of tongues around the world, we better sure well know the aspects of all of this in the Scripture because you're going to come into some people that aren't just sheep in the pews. You're going to be dealing with individuals who are theologians. You're going to be dealing with people who, who have a deep understanding of the Word, and we, we are being shown the depths of the Scripture. It's how Jesus was able to go at 12 years old among the doctors of the law and mystify them by his understanding of the law. Or even when, when he was teaching something out of the phroneo, which we talked about on Wednesday night, and he totally shut down the Sadducees, the people were amazed at his doctrine and said, where did he learn this? So we're talking about things that are from the Scripture and we need to understand them, especially if you're an intercessor. We're not talking about building rockets to go to Mars. We're talking about what you should be doing every day. And I want to know as much about that from the Scripture as I possibly can. So I, I just think it's interesting that this word translated as understanding, friend, really in, in the, the understanding of the Greek language always meant the diaphragm. It always meant the place which is where we not only breathe this area, where, where you breathe, the musculature for breath, and for um, creativity and the, the digestion. All of that is what we felt and, and understood all along was the base of where the spirit in us is. And which is why the ma'ah, my beloved put his hand in the door, that last scripture there, and my bowels were moved for him. We knew that this, that, that pulse that God was giving initially, which all of us, just many of you had and still do. Why isn't it still happening? Well, see, it still does. But how many life-changing, world-altering missions do you need? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that was such a burst where God was birthing something here that is touching the world is going to continue to touch the world. And, and so, but, but that was the area. Now you say, well, you're, you're speaking mystically. Well, let me bring in the American Medical Association to help me with this. Because I've said that in the original Greek, this word and from this phroneo, which is understanding throughout the uh, throughout the New Testament, really means this area. Did you know that between the, the uh, C3 and C5, right up back here in your neck, right here, there is a nerve that goes out of there that controls your diaphragm and your breathing. And you know what they call it? The phrenic nerve. If Sondra was to call Dr. Carey and ask her, what is the phrenic nerve? She'd say, that is the nerve that comes out of your neck that controls your breathing. And if that's damaged, you're dead. Well, not damaged. If it, if it ceases to function, you're dead. You won't breathe anymore. And you're, you're adios, amigo. You're gone. 
And so if, if medically they recognize that this word means that, then I would certainly think that when the Spirit allowed these words to be written and used that term, it, wasn't the, it was not the, the main word. Understanding was noose. That's what the mind grasps. But this is this area right here, and in that commune with God as you pray, as that commune that's been born again, as that's developed, then you gain an understanding that did not come from you. It came from God in combination with your intercession. And that's where spiritual understanding comes from. It does not come from your mind. It does not come from the litany of degrees that you may have from study. I can testify that just to the degrees I had in studying the Scripture, most of what God reveals to us from His Scripture in a pneumaticos way came from spending time with him and did not come from things that I studied. I, can, I freely and completely admit that. So whenever you see these, um, these things that we talked about on Wednesday, past Wednesday, and we'll continue to talk about them, and it came out of that Colossians 3, which is on the second page, set your affection, phroneo, on things above, not on things of the earth. Um, I, I went back through and looked at a couple of really deep um, uh, works concerning the mindset of how the Greek language was form, formed, which is what the Spirit of God, the inerrant inspired Spirit, chose to, to speak about these things. And they believed that it was this area in the solar plexus it was the place of spiritual and moral attitude. It was the place where you received insight and revelation. It was the place where creativity for artists was expressed. In, in the Septuagint, those really smart, those 70s, really brainiac, smart Jewish guys, scholars, that translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, when, when they translated that, they used this word to describe how God set up the world with his understanding. And they used two or three other words to describe other ways that God, God moved when he created things. But how he set up the world and living things in it, they used this word. The serpent in the Garden of Eden, was, was, was through subtlety, used this word. When God came upon Cyrus, the anointed one, to deliver the people and gave him uh, an anointing, it provided this wisdom. And so when we see these things that God has done in you and in me, we see how God has really birthed the understandings that he has blessed be his name, given to us from his word that are deeper than just an intellectual pursuit, deeper than the mind. That phrenic nerve does not go to fuel your brain or your cognitive capacities. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 God's saying over and over again, undeniably, that the revelation that's supposed to come to us from him comes from the area in your abdomen. That's what the Scripture says. That's the word that's used. And again, it's not Aunt Jaluki, a prophet from Zimbabwe, who's saying this. Even the medical community says that word means this. And I just think that's wonderful. Not that that matters to anybody that is walking their dog outside right now and hasn't been to church in a decade or so. But to me, that is the sign. When I speak in tongues, all of those factors is ha are happening. I am praying mysteries. I'm communicating with God. I'm speaking about His eternal purpose. I, that spirit within me that is born again, which is God, is communicating with Him about what I'm supposed to be doing and the place that He's planted me, what, what my role is in it. And... and and, and what comes forth from that is us saying, we don't know anything. 
save him. And whatever he's revealing is him revealing it. And that's a sign. I mean, that's a sign. And whether it's prophetic and people are talking from the power of the Spirit into that, about that person's spirit, and they say, God is in you of a truth. Nobody would know that. And I register, I resonate, I resonate that that is true. That's a sign. So then, as for those who are in a lot of denominational churches that say tongues aren't for today, we should just all be prophesying, which they don't really prophesy, a lot of them who say that. But um, why, is, why is prophecy for the church and this sign for unbelievers? Well, they'd just been talking about, he'd just been talking about friend, and that's, that's the context. And he's talking about tongues and you partnering with the eulogia and the eucharistia, and that's what your spirit is doing. Well, for the church, I want, I want to be able to take these things that God is revealing through this sign and begin to prophesy them and, and build up the people of God and let the people of God begin to, to benefit from this. But as far as receiving it, and as far as anybody else looking at us, where are you getting these insights? Well, we're not getting in from books. We're verifying them through the Scripture and through uh, solid study. But we're getting this from the fact that we're on our face from before God and praying in this gift that was given to the church at Pentecost and further this diversity's gift that was given to the people who were praying in tongues. And this revelation did not come from man, it came from God, from this commune that God designed from the foundation of the world when he created everything. And to me, that, that's astounding. Some will see tongues like they did on Pentecost and say, you're drunk. They even saw the fire on the heads. How could, how could somebody be that brazen and that hard-headed to see fire on all these people's heads and hear these xenolalia and all these tongues and say, oh, they're just drunk. Well, I can tell you that there are people that are just unwilling. They're hard-hearted. They, they won't receive no matter what. But there will be some who will say, this is from God. And when they ask, where did it come from? We can't say, well, this was an evangelistic campaign that came down from headquarters, and we've done this, and we just, we're just so grateful for that. No, we can say, this is that which was spoken. This is going on in me, but you have it in you too, because you, you are created by the same God who created all of us. You have a purpose. You have a calling. And it is, it is unique to you, but it's the Spirit of God within you. Let him have his way. This is so interesting to me. But to me, when you, when you combine, what, what I've been talking about for Scripture is what you've lived. It just is what we've all lived. We didn't ask for it. Oh, yeah, we asked for more of God. We wanted more of him. But I didn't ask, oh, God, would you touch the ma'a? Oh, God, would you cause us to have divine revelation stemming from the spirit within me? No, I didn't ask for any of that. And I dare say you didn't either. But this is what the script, God, it's to do and to teach. All that Jesus began to do and to teach. We asked for more of God. And boy, howdy, didn't he give it to us. And he, he wants us to remember how vital these giftings are. Don't let them die. Don't let them atrophy. Don't let them, oh, you know, it's not the way it was. Well, it's not going to be the way it was. I mean, what if I sat around all day and said, you know what? Gee whiz. I mean, I can barely remember the day I was born. And I remember all the attention in God. I got so warm and cuddly, and they wrapped me up in that blankie and gave me to my mommy. Oh, how wonderful. I just, uh, you know, what if I just did that all day? I don't want that again. I want to be a mature, mighty man in God. And, and God, God gave us life. He gave us this gift, and we need to be using it.
we need to be using it because it's his spirit that he put within us, but he gave the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You say, well, God's going to do what he wants to do. Well, that's not what the scripture says in you. I mean, as long as you're on this earth, you are going to be calling the shots of what you let go on in you. God's not going to force anybody to do anything. Now, he can put a lot of things around him like he did with Saul and said, you know what, I put this barrier and I put this barrier. You just keep kicking against it. How long are you going to keep doing that? But Saul could have continued to kick against it and said, I don't care. It doesn't matter me if I saw that blinding light. I'm just, I'm angry with you for doing it. You know, he could have been obstinate. But it's up to us to use that gift God has given to us. And, and we need to recognize that we're not the same person we were 23 years ago. We're just not. I hope we're not. If we are, we need a, we need a trip to the woodshed. Because we are, we are, you have matured. You have been given, you've been given responsibilities. You are, you are someone that God is using to touch the world. And don't let the enemy tell you that all of those things that you have, oh, well, nobody else is doing it. It's just hard. You know, it's just hard. You know, nobody else in my house. God doesn't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You need to be doing what God has given you. You can see this development here in the Scripture. Those things that he gave to every saint, saint and the way that he has invested this into the nations, it's Scripture. It's not an experience for us, even though it's experiential. It's Scripture. It's not, you know, we've got this anointment. Let's lay hands on you and give it. Woo! I got it. I mean, that's great. But it's Scripture. It's leading you into the depth of what God intended at the birth of the ecclesia. And so we need to recognize that, and we need to, we need to put on our, 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 our grown-up britches and get after it. And if we're, if we're not being faithful to pray in the Spirit and then be willing to receive from God, and when he gives these insights, these friends, we shouldn't say, oh, it's just, I hate this. I mean, I just hate hearing it. It's not, you know, for a while there, it irritated me as a person because I thought, how much clearer could we make this? How much clearer could the Scripture be? But I found out that when people say it's just too hard, uh, didn't we used to say that? Didn't we used to say that if somebody's really not praying in the spirit, they're probably not going to grasp what we're saying, even though it's the scripture and it's true. Why is that? Because you've got to grasp it. it it's the word. It's. I'm telling you, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. And and so, I, I mean, I I see Jesus dealing with the same thing. He said, you know what, I've got a whole lot of other things I'd like to tell you, but you're not up to snuff right now. You could not bear them. That's a good King James way of saying it. But basically it's saying, no, no, I'll just do it myself. Have you ever been around somebody in the workplace and you've got things to do and you think, I'd really like to give this to you, but that person, I know if I give it to them, they're going to drop it and it's not going to get done. Have you ever felt that way before? I know some of you who've been in management, you know that. And Jesus was saying to them, you know, there are a lot of things I'd like to talk to you about, but you weren't paying attention to the last thing I told you. You were arguing about who was the greatest among you. And, and you know, it's, it's just amazing to me. But it's time for us to realize that these things that God is showing from his word, from his word, we need to know them. And if you don't know them, go back through the scripture and look at them. And look at them because it just makes sense. So, so it, it it kind of, to borrow one of Mark's phrases, it kind of exploded within me the other day when I was looking at this and I recognized all of these times where in the New Testament God is speaking about the phroneo. That's not just the way we think. That, those are other words in the Greek. Those are other words. This has to do with God revealing something in spirit. And, and it, it's that hollow place of creativity. And if you just receive things because somebody told you that or you, you have a degree 
that, that speaks about how you've learned all this stuff or you read it in books, most of that is noose, and we value that. I mean, we, we should be cognizant, but we have to have pneumaticus understanding to survive in the spirit realm. We have to, we have to, to be able, the, the God of all truth, the spirit of truth is still guiding his sons in the things that have been hidden. And the way he does that is by spirit. And, and then it's the same process, thank God, that we've been on for decades now. We pray. God says, look at this in my word. Sometimes an angel will say, look. Sometimes we'll, we'll hear an audible voice that you know is God and it shakes you. Sometimes a, a scripture just lights up on the page. So many ways. Now it's more this, this is spirit. You've learned that pathway and you can feel the urgency to under, go for this. And it's through training. I, I, don't, I thank God for angelic encounter. But I don't have to have an angel that comes and slaps me upside the head for me to see something. The spirit, that still small voice guides, as Tammy mentioned this morning, that still small voice guides us. And I'm sure that still small voice was saying a whole lot of stuff to Elijah that his noose and the rest of him wasn't wanting to hear. Uh, anyway, I'm preaching today. Monica McNatt, how you let me do this? This is just, Rachel's normally my policeman, but she's with me here, so I'm, I'm just playing. We need to be doing what God has led us in because the pathway he led us in has amazingly, and grateful for this, aligned itself perfectly with these principles of Scripture. Had he taught us all these principles first, just through understanding the scripture and teaching or hearing about it at a seminar, then I don't know where the romance of it would have been. I don't know where the discovery of it were, would have been. But God always does that. We pray, and then he speaks, and then he, he illuminates his, his word, and he, he, he's, he's just so good about that. And, and, but you see it here. You see it here over and over again. And, and Paul writes to the Corinthians church about tongues. And he talks about all these things that we've just mentioned. And being in our understanding, in, in that reception in the Spirit, we've got to be mature about this. We can't be like children. So why does he say, um, be not children in friend? Why does he say that? I love children. They're not, at times, the most responsible of beings. Any grandmas want to say yes to that? Parents, anyone say yes? You love them, but you, you really know that you have to remind them to do just about everything. Don't you? Did you brush your teeth? Okay, what would you do with your clothes? Did you put them, you know, you just, did, you, did you, you know, you know the drill. So when it comes to this revelatory process deep in our spirit, we can't be children about that. We've got to be disciplined. We've got to be mature in that, which is exactly what Paul says there. And we've got to understand this is the way God moves, by his design. If you're going to be Pentecostal, be Pentecostal. And be this way, because then God will reveal something and uh, as he wants to reveal it, and then it will show itself in the Scripture because the Spirit is the author, you know? Jesus wrote this, and it's anointed, it's inspired. It's really an amazing thing that God has given us. But you've been living this. You've been living this. So don't, don't let it die. Don't become convinced that there's some other thing that's better. How much better can you get than this? Oh, you know, I think maybe it's just, uh, it's old-timey now, and maybe it's time for us to just open ourselves to the revelation of other religions. Just open ourselves there, you know, and hear what all these other Doctrines of demons might say, let's just open up to that.
so much more exciting. Hey, we, we'll, we'll be in with the cool kids if we do that too, you know. Who says that kind of thing? When the God of the universe is in you and he's talking all the time if we just listen and he's revealing deep thing after deep thing after deep thing, which is according to what his structure is. So I felt today that God wanted me, and I don't know that I've done a very good job of this, of going back through the pathway we've been on and how God gave us this, the start on the pathway of being saints and sons that has literally, along with our brothers and sisters that, that he has also touched, is literally impacting the world and is continuing to impact, impact the world because it's God's way. But it's the same old thing. There's no new doctrine here. It's you become born again. You allow that place within you then to begin to be, uh, be alive and you communicate in tongues, which was the gift to the church. You communicate to the Father and then let him reveal through that, what he wants to reveal. Grow in the scripture. Delve into the deeper things of the scripture. Become pneumatikos people. And this is the way God moves. This is, this is what his word says he does. And still, I know that there's a lot of folks who don't see this. I'm not maligning them. I'm just saying they don't see it. Does that make, is it, is, it a, is it a democracy here? You say, well, the church down the road and this magazine I've been reading and this guy that has 15 degrees, he doesn't say this. And this, Is it a democracy? Whether this is of God or not? Or is the scripture our true source? And if you see it in the scripture and you see it here 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 and you recognize that this word if, infrastructure really only means this it doesn't mean these other things and you eliminate that and you say well all these times that Paul is writing about Phronel friend every one of them refers to what the root meaning of that word is that it's coming from the central place of your spirit in commune with God it's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of man's devices. It's not of emotion. It is not of how to move a crowd. It is not just because, oh, it's the way my granddad taught it, the way my daddy taught it. It's none of that. It's God said this, and there it is in the Word, and we're going to take that and we're going to move forward. So, I'm fired up about this. I think more because God is wanting us to realize the gift that he's given and the way he's used you as intercessors and that this is truly the way he moves in scripture it's not some off the beaten path thing it's it's the narrow way that few find but it's every bit of it is scripture every bit of it is and um, this is the way God moves I, I mean it's it's, 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 it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing to me. So um, we must set our affections. We must set this area. Let it become the passion of our life. Let it become the thing that we allow to fuel us into the things above. Not on the things of the earth. Now, you can, you can use this capacity to do other things. It's like what the Apostle Paul said of, of Demas, who forsook him, having used his agape for the present world. You can do that. There are a lot of gifted people that have enlisted their spiritual capacities to the demonic. There are a lot of gifted people who have just gone after the world system, and they've made a lot of money doing things. I bless them. I see some of the most creative people who, it's funny because um, uh, 
you know, you study about any of the, of the individuals who, um, who were inventors, whether just Tesla or Edison or any, any, of, any of the ones, even modern day. But you see how they say that they came by this understanding. One night they had a dream and they saw this. Or one night it just came, one day it just came to them. And this whole, this whole process was, was there all of a sudden. How'd that happen? Well, I have to believe that somehow that gifting that God gave them ignited something in their wiring and they, they use that gifting in a creative way. It was just a demonstration of the capacity, but it found its place somewhere else. I, 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 can't, I can't really define how it happens in people, but it has to be this same, um, this same mechanism. But for, for us, we, we're serving the Father. And this process is what he's ordained. And it really is, you check off the points. I mean, this is what happened at Pentecost. This is why he gave this gift then. This is why Jesus came to give himself so that we might be born again in spirit to pursue the things that are hidden. Um, this is why um, we have this interpretive process. This is, this is how God reveals these things. It's not of our mind or of our works. It's through him. And, and, and I'll say one other factor about this. Some people are more finely tuned in the intercessory way than others. But we all need to be praying in tongues. Some people are more cranial. And you need to recognize that maybe your part is not to come up with an alternative to this nonsense that you don't feel anointed in, but to say, okay, I from the Scripture recognize that this is the way God births revelation. I may not be absolutely appointed to, to receive that revelation in a way this person did according to their gifting and their placement. But what I can do is instead of coming against that or turning it off or feeling like a second shoe or, uh, you know, second pair of shoes or, you know, I take that and I cherish it and I develop it. And I say, okay, this is what God said. I see it here in the Word. How can I, how can I present this? Not to discredit it or come up with some other definition. I mean, if you're given a definition that's not borne out from the depth of, of scriptural understanding, you need to question your definition. But we're all part of the body. We just have different tasks. But regardless of what our tasks are, this is the pattern of God. This undeniably is the pattern of God. You imagine, it, it, so I said that was the last thing I was going to say, but it's not 1230 yet. I still have plenty of time. Um, you imagine the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, which meant he knew all the ins and outs of the law and the prophets. He knew all the oral tradition. He knew all the tripwires. He knew all the things that you do and you don't do. And if you do this, you've got to go back two steps and do, a, do the Watusi and move over here. He knew all of that. And he could instruct others. Can you imagine what it must have been like for him to be writing these scriptures where he said, with all of my understanding, with all of my training, with all of my reputation, I freely and readily admit that, admit that what I'm revealing to you came from this. And from this then, I process the scriptures that I know and I present to you these things that God has shown. I mean, it's, it's, I could see if, see, think about this. If, if there was somebody that was absolutely unschooled in the New Testament, who had no education, who was not known for any insights at all, and um, suddenly they start coming up with all these revelations, uh, it would still be likely, it could probably be from God. It probably would be from God. But anybody looking at that would say, well, 
you know, it's easy for you who have no learning at all to say that you don't need no learning. You can just get this from God. And, and you know, sadly, that kind of thing happened in the early days of the Pentecostal movement. And I'm just telling you this. And, and a lot of the people that were processing doctrine really had no education. And some of the things that they came up with, you look back on, you think, uh, it's not that it's not scriptural, but it really isn't the right defining. You know, I remember uh, one of the, I have no idea how I was given this job. I look back on it, but I'm amazed uh, because it wasn't me. But at, at the, the school where I went uh, to, um, um, the Central Bible College, in the, the nice library we had, and we did have a nice library, they had the archives there. Why it was there and not at the Blue Goose, I don't know. But they had the archives from the early days of the Assemblies of God, and they were all right there. And all the letters that were written back and forth from the people who were at Hot Springs, all the ways that they were being advised from, at that time, St. Louis, as to how to manage and pastor the move. And so they gave me a job one, one semester of going through those and putting those letters and those documents in their proper chronological order and then also to notate if, for instance, Brother Goss was writing this and where you could find things from him. So I did that. And I'm going to tell you something. I learned a lot of stuff. What I'm telling you, what I just said, I saw with my own eyes. I could hear these pastors writing to what was then headquarters saying, we're facing this, we're facing this. And so many of the things were the same tactic of the enemy through people that were just off in the flesh. And they would write to St. Louis at the time and say, how do we answer this? How do we answer this? And then the letter would go back. The letters would go back and, and would, would describe it. But some of the doctrines that were being put forward from some of those places, whether it was in Texas or Arkansas or wherever it was, uh, you, would, you would read the opinions of the guys that actually had learning, and they'd say, this could lead this movement into destruction. <laughs> and they'd say that is not scriptural, but it was something. There were themes that were being adopted throughout the states, and and so a lot of things that the spirit was doing were being misinterpreted, and the scripture was being misapplied. You say, well, how can that be? Well, look, how did the oneness people separate? How did they how did they separate well, Jesus only people? How'd that happen? Because some person took one scripture that said, and they baptized in the name of Jesus only, and they thought they'd got a revelation. Well, forget about all the other scriptures that says, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so a whole movement broke off and split because people took some sideways interpretation and just were basic. I'm not saying those people are destroyed. What do you mean those people? I'm not saying they're destroyed, but... I am saying that there, there was no reason for them to be separated. So it's imperative for us as the Scripture, as the Spirit leads us into things, and he, we want Him to lead us, for us to delve deep into the Scripture and find out what Scripture is really saying, and then even if it bores you to tears, this is what this is. This is that. Bomb, 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 bomb. Because they're just lurking around every corner is some malfeasance. And the enemy loves to bring misunderstandings. We can't afford that when we're teaching nations. We just can't. So, but, but for me, for the Apostle Paul, just with his skill set, just with his skill set and his intellect, he could have he could have said, okay, boys, this is the way it is, you know? 
Here it is. This is what the Scripture says. Boom, 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 boom. But everything he writes about Revelation has to do with that place, and he uses that word. And it, to this day, describes the ability of people to breathe or not breathe. You know, I, I, I'll say this one last thing, and then I really am done, Sandra. I really am done. Last night, I read in a medical journal. Did you know there was a medical journal called Lung? <laughs> it's true. But I read in a medical journal. It was written by um, the, the branch of medicine that deals with the pulmonary system. And they were talking about this phrenic nerve and the things that could go wrong with it. And they were, they were talking about an anomaly that happened uh, where sometimes if you're having a, a, a esophageal scope, um, some people, that phrenic nerve is affected in a negative way, and they, they have uncontrollable hiccups. And there was a dentist that they used as a case study, a well-known established dentist that had one of those scans, which we all, I've had several of them. I'm sure some of you have had them. And when he came out of it, he, he would just have fits of, of hiccups, and it was uncontrollable. He was having trouble sleeping. And he went to all kinds of specialists, and they finally found out that somehow that phrenic nerve was damaged, and it was causing him to have spasms in his ability to breathe. And they had to deal with that, and he finally was healed. And they, these guys were talking about all, you never, you never would have thought that there were so many things that could happen to the phrenic nerve and how it could affect people in their breathing, all up here. And I also thought, you know, the, with that, Remember what the scripture says about people being stiff-necked and their, um, their, their hardening of their heart? They're not, they're not allowing God to circumcise the heart? Well, the stiff-necked part is right here, which actually controls your willingness to let the Spirit guide you and believe. See, that's just one of those unknown uh, parts of how the scripture really is speaking. You know, if you have, if you have hardness of heart and you have, you're stiff-necked, those, that's C3 through 5 controls other things, but its main usage is to control the way you breathe and the way you welcome in the Spirit and the way you process, the way you welcome in breath and the way you process. And only God would be able to say that, you know, if you're stiff-necked, you're resisting the move of the Spirit and really mean that medically. Don't you think that's amazing? So this afternoon, after you've had lunch, Dennis and Tammy, just look up the Lung Magazine and read to one another for a while. <laughs> and you can drift off into a nap, which I almost did last night, but I was on a mission. I was trying to prove this Froneo business. So I just think that's, that's interesting. So maybe we can call our next seminar Lung. Wouldn't that be something? All right, obviously I'm done. The anointment's lifted. <laughs> oh, my. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the way you have um, continued to lead us. And, and I pray that you will continue to do that. And I pray that you would stir up the giftings, the mechanism of this thing we've been talking about. Stir it up within us. Don't let us despise the times of, of the initial beginnings, but let us cherish them and let us keep moving. Stir up in our congregation, in our saints' movement, this hunger to pray in diversities of tongues and then to wait on you and to study the Scripture and to, to really apply those deeper things that you continue to reveal. Let us not, let us not trivialize them. Uh, but, Lord, stir up the fire in us Touch us with the coal from your altar again. And let us commit ourselves as mature ones to understand this process and to receive your insights. I thank you for this, Father. Guide us as a congregation as we, over these next weeks, start to pursue various dimensions of 
our diversities of tongues ministries and, and praying and interpreting in, in the new horizon, what you want us to establish, help us to be guided in that. But help us to be ready and willing and obedient to you. Thank you for your ways, Father. And we cherish them. And um, we just speak a blessing over every person watching this message and every person who uh, is laboring diligently and obediently in the things of the Spirit. Um, help us to continue to please you as we serve you. For this we thank you, Father. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody. God bless you. Uh, keep on praying and keep on receiving, and we'll see you again soon.